This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Sometimes, you know, we can get confused, and I think we confuse the world sometimes, too, when we talk about church, you know. They think church is, you know, something, an event that happens on Sunday mornings. But church is not about an event. Church is about a people, a people that have been touched by the grace of God, who are not perfect, but in Christ, we have been made righteous. Amen. In Him, we've been made accepted in the Beloved. And the message of the church is to go out to people everywhere, irrespective of race, creed, color, background, whatever, sex, whatever. God is a God of all the people. Amen? And He's for us. You know, when I go, if I go to the doctor because something's going on in my, uh, you know, in my body or something like that, you know. Yeah, I want him to tell me what's wrong, but I don't want him to stop there. Do you? I mean, if he just says, if I went to the doctor and he said, well, you're sick, I said, well, I think I knew that. What I want to know is what's the cure? What's, what's the plan? How do we get better here? That's really the, what the message of the church is all about, is, is how... Do we get better as human beings? And the only way to get better is to come in contact with the one who made us, the one who created us, the one who loves us more than anyone, and he has proven it by Calvary. Amen? He's absolutely proven his love. He laid down his life for us. And the Bible says there is no greater expression of love than for someone to lay down their life for someone else. Amen? We're talking about, and I'm closing out uh, the series this uh, month, prayer, purpose, and power. Now, we've already talked about the first two. And by the way, I want to thank Brother Bruce for, for ministering last week while we were out of town. I know it was good. It's always good. Amen? I have to hurry and come back or I lose my job. Amen? <laughs> uh, but thank you, brother. I appreciate it so much. Uh, but today we want to talk about releasing kingdom power. Christianity is not just a set of rules. It's not just a set of dogmas. It's not just a, a, a set of theology. It is more than that. Christianity and the kingdom of God is about power. It's the power. God... I mean, let's think about it. By definition, if God doesn't have power, He's really not God, is He? <laughs> and he, he is a God of power. Yes, He's a God of love. He's a God of grace. He is a God of peace. He's all those things. But He is a God of power. And one of the things that we need, I mean, I need it. Now, I know, like I, you know, I say humorously sometimes, you know, when you, when you came to God, you did Him a favor. But He didn't get any favors when He got me. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I, was, I was a piece of work, and it wasn't a good work either. But I know that there was no way that I was going to change myself. There's no way that I was going to make myself better. I, I knew that. I might not have known a lot of other things, but I knew that. It would take the power, something greater than myself, greater than my will, greater than my gritting my teeth and trying to do better. It was going to take the power of God to do that. And you know, <clears throat> the Apostle Paul, he said this. He said, the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Wow, I like that, don't you? Jesus himself said this. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So here's the thing, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a double blessing thing here. Not only does God have power, not only is the kingdom of God about the power of God, the power to change us, the power to deliver, the power to forgive our sins, the power to transform, 
the, the innermost being and the power to heal you. But he said this, he said, I'm going to share that power with you. Now you find another religion where it says that, that, that whatever their God is, he's going to share power with them. No. But God says this, he said, not only are you going to experience my power by your faith in Jesus Christ, he said, but I'm going to share that power with you. So I want to talk about this power of God and releasing the power of God. If you have your Bibles, they're going to put it up on the screen, but you can turn to Acts if you want to. Acts chapter 1. Now, you, those of you who've heard all this before, you know what? I found this out. If I will listen, even though I've heard it before, the Holy Spirit has a way of, of sharing nuances and sharing insights that you, you might not have seen before. Amen? I mean, that's just the way. The, the Word of God is a living thing. You know, it's kind of like, you know, with a, with a friend. If you have a close friend, you know, that you've known for years, you know, there still does, that still doesn't mean that even though you're intimately acquainted and you know many things about them, they can still surprise you sometimes, can't they? <laughs> you can say, wow, I didn't know that about you. And that's the way it is with God and His Word. The Bible says that God's Word is a living thing, so it's, it's not static. It's not like a, a dictionary word where you look at the dictionary and the definition's there and that's what it is. His Word is alive. So it's not static. And so God is able by His Spirit to reveal different uh, insights and nuances about it so that there's life that comes forth. Acts 1.8, Jesus is speaking to His disciples. He says, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. Notice he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now that word power, many of us know that word uh, that's translated into the English from the Greek is the word dunamis. And it's where it's the root word where we get the word dynamite, you know. What was it? There was a program years ago. I forget what the name of it was. But the, 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 one, of the, one of the characters on there always used to say, Dynamite. Anybody remember that? I'm giving my age out now. Some of y'all are because you're laughing about it. But you know, here's the thing. God is Dynamite. I mean, He's the original Dynamite. Amen? He's a God of power. The Bible says that with God, nothing is impossible. Wow. <laughs> Don't you love that? So no matter what you may be facing, no matter what life may, may dish out to you, and boy, I'm telling you what, it's dished out some things I'd rather not have had on my plate. How about you? But no matter what life may, may serve up to us, listen, God has the dynamite for it. And he says this, he says that if you will believe on his Son, you can receive the Holy Spirit, and not only the Holy Spirit, but power. The same dynamite power in your life. It is power not only that changes us, but it's power that enables us. Amen? To live for God, to be his witness to confront the powers of darkness. Yeah, we're one of those churches that believes in demonic spirits. How'd I get in here? Too late. The doors are locked. No. Paul said over there in Ephesians 6, he said, he said our struggle is not with flesh and blood. You know, the, 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 let me just take a little rabbit trail here. You know, get on my soapbox. You know, we, we, the Bible instructs us we're to pray for our, those in authority. Amen? And we do. Here at Pastor Church, we pray for our president, our congressman, our mayor, our governor. We pray for those people. But listen, I'm not looking for flesh and blood to, to solve all our problems. And I'm not in a fight with some political party. Come on, Christians. Hello? 
The Savior is not in the White House. I don't care who it is. That's not the Savior is seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen. Hallelujah. And we need the power of God to confront the forces of darkness that are influencing our institutions, our economy, and all those things behind the scenes. That's where the real battle is. And until the hearts and minds of men are changed, our government, our economy, and our institutions are not going to get better. All right. Get off my soapbox. <laughs> but thank God we have the, the solution if we will receive it. That is the power of God. He said you will receive power. Now just turn right over there to Acts chapter 2. Notice right here. Now he's spoken this to the apostles. He, has, he has ascended back into heaven. And they're, now they're meeting in the upper room. They've been praying there ten days. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly. Everybody say suddenly. You know, God has a suddenly. He has a suddenly for your life. You know, it's, it can seem like, man, nothing's happening, nothing's changing. Things are gone from bad to worse. Uh, you know, you're praying, you're crying out to God, you're trusting God. And then, then in a moment time, suddenly, God's power comes on the scene. And everything turns around. God's got a suddenly for you. Out there watching, God's got a suddenly for you. It sound like the blowing of a violent wind. Now, you know, many times, and of course, it, it is accurate, but because of, you know, uh, different aspects, the, the influence of the Renaissance and different things and different paintings, you know, we, we see one side of Jesus sometimes, and we think that's all there is to Him. We see Jesus as the Lamb, and that's right. He is the Lamb of God. He was the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. But, you know, we've talked about it before. He's also the Lion. He's the Lion of Judah. He, and, and listen, He is gentle, but I'm telling you what, He can be violent. Amen? <laughs> he can be noisy. He can be boisterous. He can upset uh, your agenda. <laughs> Came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. It filled the whole house. Woo. Now, Little, little side note here. We are, you and I, individually, we are individually and collectively, we are the house of God. The Bible says that we are the temple. This, this building here is not, this is not the temple of God. You know, sometimes people say, we're going to church, and they think they're going to a building, and, and, and God's in that building. Well, He's not in that building until His people get in the building. Then when His people get in the building, He's in the building. Because you and I are really the building. We are the living stones that make up God's temple. We are God's habitation. So it filled the house. God wants His house... You and I, those of you who watch that, he wants his house filled with his power. So that we're not falling for every trick, device, temptation of the devil. We have power. A power that is greater than the flesh. Greater than human willpower. Greater than the human intellect. It is a power of the living God, the Savior, the Creator, the mighty God with whom nothing is impossible, living, filling His house. That's when we will begin to impact our nation greater, our culture greater, our schools greater. The kingdom is built and advanced by the power of God. It absolutely is. Look in, you're right there, Acts chapter 4. 
It is built in advance by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, throughout Acts, we're going to look at hit some spots here and there in Acts, but if you're familiar, if you're not, read the book of Acts. You want to know what the church is to look like? Read the book of Acts. Okay? Read the book of Acts. See what happened following Acts chapter 2 when the church, the 120 that constituted the church in that moment, were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And those subsequently that came into the kingdom of God who were filled with the power of the living God, the Holy Spirit, look what happened. I mean, there were statements made like, those who've turned the world upside down have now come here. What about if the church began to uh, walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and we begin to turn the world upside down where we live? You, you know why people, one of the reasons people followed Jesus wherever he went by the thousands? Power. He had power. He had power to do something. He had power to forgive sins. He had power to heal. He had power to set people free. He had power to break the torment of the devil off people's minds. He had power. Listen, they had had plenty of teaching. The Pharisees taught. The Sadducees taught. Amen. The scribes taught. The lawyers taught. They had all kind of teaching. But Jesus showed up. He not only had teaching, He had power. That's what the world's looking for. They're not looking for platitudes. They're looking for power. Acts 4. Let's begin about verse... We'll begin about verse 29. Now, they had just got out of prison. Hello. Let me just, just... Another little side note here. You know... When the power of God begins to really be revealed and be seen and be actuated and, and, and be felt, you know what? It also stirs up other things. The devil does not like power. He don't care if you live a nice, good little life. He don't care. The devil don't care. He don't care whether you're... You're poor, you're rich. If he can snare you whichever way, he don't care about that. But I'm going to tell you what, he is scared to death of the power of God. Because he knows when the power of God comes, he's got to go. So when they stirred something up, you know, they'd been in prison. Hello. <laughs> Verse 29, they're praying, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand. Well, we need to pray this prayer again, don't we? Stretch out your hand to heal. Yes, to heal. You know, we should be taking God's healing power out there. Yes, God will heal when we come together, absolutely. But God wants to heal out there. Most of the healings that took place in the ministry of Jesus, they were in the marketplace. They were in the byways and the roads of life. They were out where people were living and sweating and trying to make a living. They were out where people were con being confronted by things that just overwhelmed them. That's where Jesus, that's where the healing power of Jesus is needed. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Come on, Passion Church. This is, this, this, is the, this is the true church. Amen? You know, years ago, I'm going to give away my age again. Years ago, there used to be a, 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 one of these game shows called To Tell the Truth. Y'all giving away your age there. You know, and, and you know, they'd have a panel of three people on there, and you know, and 
course, they would give a little bio of the real person, you know, to start it off about who they were, what they'd done, so forth. And then, you know, they'd, they'd have a, uh, some, some uh, guests on there that would question them, you know, trying to discern which one was the real one. And at the end, you know, they, they would vote, I think it's number two or three or one or whatever, you know, but then the host would say, will the real please stand up? And you know what? Only one could stand. And you know, I believe that the, what the world is saying, will the real church of the Lord Jesus Christ please stand up? Only one can stand. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the Word of God boldly. The supernatural origin. Listen, the church is supernatural in origin. They, they, the 120 didn't get together and say, well, you know, now we need to form a 501c3 here. And we need to elect some officers. And we need to come up with a good, you know, a, a good business plan about how we're going to do this and raise money. And that's not the that's not the way the church, the the real church that we're saying to stand. That's not the way. It's when the Holy Spirit, the power of God, came on and filled them. I'm suddenly there was a supernatural release of power and a message that absolutely transformed men and women whose hearts were open to it. There was power. There was healing. There was deliverance. There were signs and wonders. You know what a wonder is? It's when God does something and you wonder. I, w I wonder why God did that. I wonder how God did that. Come on. I've had God do some things that made me wonder. Amen. It's a sign and a wonder. It's to let you know. It's a confirmation that the message is true, that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. People want truth. People want reality. They don't want our religiosity. I don't even want it. church is supernatural in origin and that's through the supernatural working of the Holy Spirit through the church that it was propagated are you listening you know in Acts they didn't even have a church building they own no property nothing wrong with owning the property I'm just saying that so that can't that couldn't be the church it wasn't, their, it wasn't their beautiful structures. It wasn't because they had, you know, a 50-piece orchestra. It wasn't because they had everything just right. That wasn't what attracted them. I'm going to tell you what attracted people. It was the power that accompanied the message of the gospel. I want to tell you what. I haven't been everywhere, but I've been a few places. And I know this. You can go to places, we've been places, Cindy and I have been on the mission field where it's the most uncomfortable place, some of the most uncomfortable circumstances and situations. You think it's hot in Alabama? Go to the Amazon. It redefines hot and humidity. And bugs? Oh, man. So, you know, and, and so it's uncomfortable. I'd love to see an American church there. <laughs> I mean, we're 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 meeting in a place where the floor is dirt, D-I-R-T, dirt. They're sitting on hard planks that have been uh, laid out between cinder blocks, and they thought they were uptown. Come on, the chickens and the goats were wandering through. Come on. I mean, right in the middle of your message, you know, a rooster would amen you. <laughs> I 
I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm not exaggerating now. This is true. I'm just saying, you know, but here's the thing, you know, but you see God work in their lives because you know what? Number one, they were hungry. Number two, they believed that God was a God of power. We're so comfortable here. We've got so much going for us. We don't need God to do anything. We don't need to see the power of God. We're happy just coming to church and being nice little Christianettes. I mean Christians. The church was supernatural in its origin. It, was, it, it grew geometrically. It grew tremendously because not only of the message, but the power that accompanied the message. Our faith is to rest in the power of God. Look in 1 Corinthians 2 real quickly here. How you doing out there? 1 Corinthians 2. Well, I'm preaching myself happy if nobody else. We'll back up to 3. Paul is speaking. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching... We're not with wise and persuasive, eloquent words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith, say my faith, my faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Our faith is to rest not only in a message of truth, but in the power of the living God. If Jesus is not raised from the dead, why are we doing all this? It is absolutely useless. We all should have just slept in this morning. I guess some did. (laughs) But you know, it's about power. Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of God. That is at the very core of the Christian belief. Without that, it's empty. Everything, it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. If Jesus wasn't raised from the dead by the power of God, so here's the thing. He says your, power, your, your faith rests in the power of God. If God's power did not raise Jesus from the dead so that He he dethroned all the evil spirits and principalities, then listen, we have nothing. We have nothing. Well, listen, God's power did raise Him from the dead. God's power has not diminished. And God wants to do the same things through His church today that He did through it at the beginning. We don't have less need for God's power in our modern age. We have more need. More people need to be set free. More people need to be healed. Just because the fact that more people are living, if nothing else. Amen. Over 6 billion people. A lot of them still need to hear and to receive and to experience the power of God in the message of the gospel. That's what I want us to be, Passion Church. And whatever we need to do, however we need to change, however we need to seek God, whatever we need to do, that's what I want to do. Because I don't want to just be another voice echoing without any power to help people in their lives. And I don't believe God wants us to be that way either. Amen. The power of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. We read it over there in Acts 4 already. Signs and wonders and miracles. Uh, You say, well, what's what's an example of a wonder? Well, it says that Peter, uh, the people would just put people out in the streets so that Peter's shadow could fall on them. And when his shadow fell on them, they were healed. Don't that make you wonder? I wonder why God did it that way. I wonder how God, how could a shadow? I sure wonder, don't you? 
It was a wonder. But you know what? It was a wonder that attracted and opened the hearts and minds of people to the reality of the message of the gospel. It's hard to argue with a miracle. Amen? Remember the blind man that was blind, you know, from, from birth and 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 you know, and Jesus healed him, and you know, the Pharisees kept asking him, Now tell us what happened. Now tell us again. See, that's what happens with a miracle. See, they were trying to wrap their head around it. Now we know this guy was blind, but now he can see. Now tell now what happened? Who did it? What did he do? What did he say? And finally, you know, the guy had so much of that he said, I've already told you. And they tried to give some big theological explanation. Well, give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner and blah, 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 blah. And the guy said, Oh, I said, he said, he said, I'm gonna leave, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, I'll leave that up to you about that. He said, All I know is this once I was blind and now I can see. We'll let everybody else frame all their theological exposés about does God still heal? Does God still do miracles? You know. Well, I got news for you. If you believe in the resurrection from the dead, you better hope God still does miracles. Otherwise, you're going to stay in the grave and the rest of us are going to go up. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? You know, because, you know, there's some people, well, God don't do that anymore. Well, you better hope he does it some more. Because one of the tenets of the faith is the resurrection of, uh, of believers, those that have gone, uh, uh, gone on to, to be with the Lord, those that have, have died before Christ comes. He says when he comes, he's going to raise them back up. Well, how's that going to happen if he don't have any power anymore? If he's not doing miracles anymore? If he's not going to do any of that anymore? Then our faith is empty. Well, if you, you mean to tell me that you believe that all the millions of people that have died in the Lord, that, that Jesus, that God can raise them all up, all at once, give them a brand new glorified body, but He can't heal yours now. I can't figure out that thinking. I got a good idea where it came from. Also, exponential harvest and growth in the church. Look, uh, let's, let's look back again over in, in the book of Acts. We, we can look at, and most of you who are familiar with your Bible know most of this. In Acts chapter 2, right after he got through being filled with the Holy Spirit, and one of the signs that, that occurred at that initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit is they spoke with other tongues. Well, I don't know anything that will stir up controversy in people's more than that. Why did God do that? I don't know. That's over my pay grade. All I can tell you is what the Bible says. It's a sign and it's a wonder. Because when they were filled, let's go back to Acts 2 there. Verse four, 4, you know, we read there, it filled the whole house. It filled uh, the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be, verse 3, tongues of fire that separating came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then if you go on down there and reading them, you know, some thought they were, they were drunk. Come on. Sure would be nice if. We had some services where we got drunk again, but not on Old Crow, on the new wine of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> they heard this sound. A crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. They were utterly amazed. It goes on and says, some made fun of them. Verse 13, some made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. I want to tell you what. You know what? People will still make fun of you. Come on. Oh, 
That's one of them tongues churches. <laughs> he preaches under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and it says, and he said in verse 37, it says, When the people heard this, the message of the gospel, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter, and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus, for the forgiveness of sins. And you, you will also receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that has bewildered you. Come on. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. Well, we're about as far off as anybody from that point in time, aren't we? <laughs> well, that was for that day, Pastor Norris. Well, he said, for as many as are far off. Amen. <laughs> and, and, you know, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, some people will really think you are far off. That's okay. For all whom the Lord our call. And with many other words, he warned and exhorted them. Then verse 41, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. What would you do if we just had 300 added to our number? Let alone 3,000. But here's the thing. I said this to you, so I want you to see the exponential harvest of souls because of a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Demonstrated when it, He filled them and they spoke with other tongues. Demonstrated in, through the, the, the power uh, that was on Peter as he preached. It pierced their hearts. They knew that it was truth. Amen. You know, when the Holy Spirit... When He is moving, when He is present as we share, whether it's here or in the marketplace, when the Holy Spirit's power is, is moving through you and what you're sharing, the message you're sharing, listen, He has a way of letting people know this is the truth. Amen? This is the truth. You know, people want to split hairs, get all philosophical. I remember when I was in college and first got saved, you know, I mean, you know, everybody, you know, was a philosopher. You know, we studied all the great philosophies and we, you know, everybody was philosophizing and splitting hairs and everything. But you know what? When the Holy Spirit shows up, you know the truth. So exponential and then overcoming satanic power. I want to read again. I refer to it, but turn to Ephesians 6 because I want you to see it in your Bible. Those of you who are watching online, turn, turn in your Bibles as well. Ephesians 6, Paul is speaking to the church. <clears throat> Verse 10, he said, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. He didn't say, be strong in the Lord and in your mighty willpower. He didn't say that, did he? He said, and in his, the Lord's, mighty power. Power. Power to live for him. Power to witness for him. Power to put the enemy to flight. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, verse 12, this is where I wanted to go. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, some people in the church need to hear that. Man, they get up and they're preaching against this one and that one and the other one and this one and that one and this one and that one and this half don't like that party and this half don't like that party and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he said... Your, your fight is not against flesh and blood. But against the rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil, even the heavenly realms. 
there are spiritual forces, spiritual, evil, malignant beings that desire to destroy you, to destroy your testimony, to destroy everything that is associated with God. The Bible says that the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. You know, you can have 10 PhDs and still be blinded to the truth. <laughs> so we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities and powers. You know, the root of, of the problems behind yours is not that person you think it is. Oh, man. The devil loves to get us stirred up against each other, doesn't he? Husband against wife. Kids against parents. Parents against ki kids. In-laws against outlaws. <laughs> Republicans against Democrats. Come on. He wants to get us stirred up. Whites against blacks. Blacks against whites. He wants to stir it all up. And sit back and laugh while we're fighting one another. Instead of the real enemy. Instead of the one who's the sower of hatred and bigotry and racism. I'm trying to. <laughs> Amen. So it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome these things. Look in uh, uh, Acts chapter 19 real quickly. Got to start closing here. You know what it means when a preacher says he's closing, don't you? Nothing, right? Means nothing. <laughs> That's a ministry joke. Never mind. <laughs> Acts nineteen. We're going to look at about verse eleven. It says God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, and their illnesses were cured, and evil spirits left them. Hello. We need the church to return to the power of God, the power of the kingdom. The power to heal, the power to transform lives, the power to put the forces of darkness on the run. But here's the thing. Why do we see so little of the power of God demonstrated in God's church as a whole? One word, unbelief. 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 See, everybody in here has been wagging their head like this this morning. Everything I said to you, but here's the thing, you know, where is the power? Yeah, I asked it. <laughs> I'm going there. Where is the power? It's because of a general unbelief in the church. When's the last time you laid hands on the sick? When's the last time you confronted an evil spirit? When's the last time you even thought there was such a thing as an evil spirit? Come on. We get wrapped up in the philosophies and the knowledge of this world. Oh, we just, you know what? We just need to spend another trillion. That'll solve it. Listen, you can spend all the money there is in the world. That won't get bigotry out of the heart of somebody. That takes the power of God to do that, the power of Jesus Christ. The power that we talk, we've read about in Acts, and there's many other places throughout the book of Acts that we could, you, if you know your Bible, you know it's true. This is what the, the, the church was founded upon. This is what caused the church to reach the known world in its day. We've seen through church history Evidences of this, even, even in fairly recent history, the outpouring at Azusa Street, amen? 
the latter rain movement in the 30s, the healing revival in the 50s, the charismatic move in the 60s and 70s, and so on, right on down the line. We've seen isolated pockets here and there, but I believe with all my heart there's coming an embracing by a greater uh, proportion of God's people so that we can see this power. We don't have to go down to Brownsville or up to Toronto or go halfway around the world to experience the power of God. All we got to do is show up where we go to church. We show up where we go to church. The power's here. Amen. Well, we know this. God is no respecter of persons. So here's the thing, Passion Church. We need to, you know, get alone, each of us, and check our own hearts. You know, why is there no power? Or why is the power so minimized? Amen? Unbelief is the big culprit. Unbelief. That's what needs to be, it needs to be dealt with, you know. And unbelief has to be dealt with. It has to be dealt with severely. Not by me trying to beat you up, but by each one of us getting in our prayer closet before God and letting God begin to shine the light and I deal with my own unbelief severely. See, we're too quick to want to deal severely with somebody else. That's not your job. I said, that's not your job. Let you know, deal severely with your own stuff, be long-suffering with others. Come on. See, we want to turn that around. <laughs> We're long-suffering with ourselves. But boy, are we quick to drop the, <laughs> the hammer on other people. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Well... Receiving our inheritance, the endowment of power. Luke 3, real quickly, Luke 3. Remember we read that Peter said that this gift of the Holy Spirit is for you and for your children, even, even those who are far off. Well, we're definitely far off from Acts chapter 2, aren't we? Close to 2,000 years, far off. That's far off. And Luke verse 16 John the Baptist is speaking so all the Baptists ought to be in on this if John the Baptist is speaking right God bless the Baptists they're good people <clears throat> John answered them all I baptize you with water but the one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Woo! The Holy Spirit and fire. You say, what does that mean? We'll get it and you'll find out. Come on. See, I want you to explain everything. I'm telling you what, you need to experience something. See, you still see you're trying to grab it with your mind instead of with your inner man. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Wow, the Holy Spirit and fire, boy! I'm telling you what, this is God's promise through Jesus for everyone. Who will believe? Well, I ain't got it. Well, what does that tell me? We got two options here, okay? Either it's your unbelief or Jesus lied. Which way we want to go? <laughs> Amen. If God's promised something and I don't have it, then, then either He lied or something is not quite right with me. Amen? And I believe this with all my heart. If you will be honest and sincere and get alone with God, amen, and spend some time there, He'll show you how to make the adjustment. He'll show you what you need to do. Amen? Well, Pastor, I want you to tell me what to do. That's not my job. 
That's way over my pay grade. I mean, I got my hands full with myself. I mean, you, hello? There, you know there are no perfect people, right? Just, just in case, you know, sometimes we get ideas, you know. Well, he's a pastor. He must be perfect. Well, just talk to this lady down here. She'll straighten you out. That's my wife, in case you didn't know. There are three baptisms that the Scriptures mention, and I won't go through them in, in great detail, but it's uh, being baptized into Christ. That's what we call the new birth. By one Spirit have we all been baptized into one body, Paul said. That's the new birth. Then there's the water baptism. We all probably familiar with this one. This is when uh, some person baptizes a, a believer in water. They're submerged in water and they come up. That's water baptism. It is an uh, act of faith and obedience identifying with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. It's identifying with that. And then there is the third baptism, which is what John referred to here is the Holy Spirit. And, of course, you can read in Hebrews 6 where he talks about the fundamental, the foundation principles of our faith, the tenets of faith in Christ Jesus. And one of the things he mentions there is baptisms, plural. So this Holy Spirit baptism, it belongs to you. It belongs to whosoever will. As he said, even as many as what are far off. Now, how do you get this baptism, well, I tell you, you need to pray and fast, moan and groan and beat yourself up and beat yourself down and hope and pray and pray and hope and hope and pray and pray and hope and <laughs> no. You know, the problem with you know, I heard one brother say this many years ago. I never forgot it. He said, you know, Paul referred to the gospel. He said the simplicity of the gospel. It was one of the stumbling blocks for the Greeks. You, you know, when, when Paul went to Athens, you know, as far as we know, you know, the message of the gospel had very little effect there. You know why? Because what? It was foolishness to them. Just talk about power, resurrection from the dead, and all that. It was foolishness to those wise Greeks. Come on. And so he called it the simplicity of the gospel. And you know, and, and one person said this, he said, the gospel is so simple that we have to have help to misunderstand it. I think we've had a lot of help in the church, haven't we? <laughs> Absolutely. In uh, Matthew, turn over there real quickly. We're going to pray in just a moment and have communion. <clears throat> Verse 7, he tells us real, real easily here. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone, say everyone. Say it this way, everyone means I'm one. Because it couldn't be everyone if, if you're excluded or if I'm excluded. If this group is excluded or that group is excluded, it couldn't mean everyone, could it? By definition. He said to everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. He said, which of you, if your son asks for a bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a snake? If you then being, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? The Holy Spirit is a good gift. So Jesus said, if you ask, you will receive. You say, how do I, I get this baptism? You ask for it. Was it Peter or James that said, you have not because you ask not? I think it was Brother James, wasn't it? He said, you have not because you ask not. Well, now, you know, 
I just think that was for the apostles. They, they needed that, and you don't. <laughs> I need everything God's got. I want everything God's got. Don't you? If, if, if God says He wants me to have it, you know what? I want to have it. If God says I don't want you to have it, then I don't want to have it. But He wants us to have the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a couple of questions here on my my points. Let me ask you a question that Paul asked some believers in Ephesus. He said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? What an interesting question. Because we know this, if you're born of the Spirit, then you have the Spirit. Isn't that right? His Spirit bears witness with my Spirit that what? That I'm a child of God, that I belong to God. So I have the Holy Spirit. So what is Paul saying here to these guys who believers? Because this is where a big portion of the church stumbles right here because they say, well, we have the Holy Spirit. And that's true. You have the Holy Spirit in a new birth. But we're talking about a baptism of the Holy Spirit, which Paul, bless his little heart, seemed to think that they needed. Go figure. Paul seemed to think that they needed something more. They had believed on Jesus, but he, he seemed to think they had something more. And he said, he said, have you received? And they said, we've not so much as heard that there be any Holy Spirit baptism. A lot of people haven't. So he told them about the Holy Spirit. It says he laid his hands on them, and they were all filled, these believers, filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke with those tongues, there's those tongues again, and prophesied. And then secondly, I want to encourage you, ask that you may receive and your joy be made full. God wants His church empowered. Empowered. And the only source of that power is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit coming upon you with an endowment of power that enables us to be witnesses for Him. Amen? Not only in word, but in demonstration, as Paul said, that the faith of men would not rest in our doctrine of Passion Church. Oh, we, now, I haven't met a church yet that didn't have, we got the purest doctrine. But in the power of God. Amen. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? I want to pray. Father, right now, both those who are watching online and those who are here, I want to reiterate that question. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? This endowment of power, it is available to whosoever will. Jesus said in another place in Luke, He said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. You have to ask. You have to believe. Don't let unbelief, don't let amazement, don't let bewilderment, don't let wondering, don't let rationalizing, don't let those things become a stumbling block to your receiving what God wants you to have. It is his power to live for Him, to be a witness for Him. Father, right now, both for those watching and for those here, Lord, I pray right now that there will be a whole lot of asking going on, a whole lot of receiving going on right now. Receiving the endowment of power, the endowment of power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We're going to have communion. And then when the service is dismissed, if you would like 
for us to pray with you to receive this endowment of power. Uh, my, I will be up here. Our prayer team will be up here. We will pray with you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Following the service to receive this endowment of power. You receive it that way. You can receive it in your car on the way home. You can receive it walking out the lobby. You can receive it at home in your bedroom, in your kitchen. I mean, you know, you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be at church, but we are here and we will pray with you for you to receive. Ask, receive, and speak. Three little things you have to do. You ask, you receive. Receiving means what? I believe. Isn't that right? Unbelief says, well, I don't know. But faith says, if I ask, I will receive. And if I receive, then I can speak. Amen. Well, we're going to receive, uh, partake in communion right now. If you didn't get the elements when you came in, if you'll raise your hand, the ushers will uh, bring some elements to you. Just keep them up till they get to you. Hallelujah. You know, the Lord's table, or communion as we call it, is a powerful expression of our faith. It is the bedrock of what we were talking about today, the power of God, because it is by the power of God that Jesus offered Himself up at Calvary. That through the Holy Spirit, God's power, He offered Himself up as the atonement for our sins. Amen? And not only for our sins, but the Bible says for the sins of the whole world. And not only that, but the Bible says not only did He bear our sins in His body on the tree, but it says He also took our sicknesses and carried our diseases and that through the stripes laid on Him, healing is available to us. And when we partake of the, of the bread and the cup here, we are, by faith, accessing the redemptive power of Calvary. Forgiveness of sins. You say, Pastor, I, I shouldn't be taking this. I, I, I missed it this week. I, I've sinned. I'm, I'm not where I need to be. Boy, you're, you're right where you need to be. That's what you need. You need the power of the blood to forgive you. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, He is just and faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Communion's a beautiful time to get forgiveness if you need it. Amen. And don't you feel ashamed about it because there's not a one of us here that hadn't needed it from the preacher on down. <laughs> Amen. And the bread that we eat, it is His body. Father, right now, we thank You for the broken body of Jesus. The stripes laid upon His back. The blood that came forth for our healing. For our peace of mind. Father, thank You that as His body, the body of Christ, by faith we partake of it now. And Lord, if there be any sickness in anyone here, any infirmity, any pain, in the name of Jesus, I declare it has to go as we partake of the Lord's body right now. In Jesus' name, let's eat together. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the healing power of Jesus, His broken body. Thank you, Lord. Sickness and disease has to go. Infirmities have to go. Thank you, Father. Pain has to go. Thank you, Father. You are the God of Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals us. We receive it in Jesus' name. In the same way, just
Jesus took the cup and he said, This is my blood, the blood of the New Testament that is shed for the remission of sins. Father, thank you for the precious blood of Jesus poured out at Calvary so that we might be forgiven, we might be justified, we might become the children of God. The power of His blood to regenerate, the power of His blood to raise us up to new life. We thank You for it. And we receive its work afresh and anew in our lives. In Jesus' name, let's drink. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Those who are watching out there, we're believing with you for healing, for forgiveness, whatever it is that you need, peace. The power of God. Prayer, purpose, and power. It's what God intends for all of His people for his church. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, stand up on your feet. We'll pray over you. We're going to dismiss you, but after you're dismissed, if you need prayer for anything, people will be at the front here to pray with you. If you want to know more about receiving this Holy Spirit power, Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.